You're listening to Unseen Theatrics with Clinton Kamak. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Needing a steady hand and quick reflexes with the responsibility for capturing and possibly recording aspects of action on stage, they are there to help engage the audience in the show. Today we are talking to a camera operator. Seb is in his element with a camera in hand. He has worked on both corporate and theatre shows for many years including touring with a popular illusion show. Welcome, Seb, to Unseen Theatrics podcast for today. Hi, Clinton. Thank you for uh, having me. It's good to be here. Uh, that's all right. Are you, uh, are you doing well in these uh, random times? Um, a bit bored, you know. It's, 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 it's definitely boring, um, working far less than, you know, one would, uh, one would like to. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm doing fine, thank you. Oh, that's good. All right. So uh, we'll get we'll get straight into a few general uh, general questions. Um, so camera camera operator, what does that entail? Yeah, uh, I'm a camera operator, as you said, and uh, basically our job is to capture things on our cameras, whether that be a live events or for you know cinema and stuff like that. Uh, for me, I don't I don't delve into the world of cinema um it's all it's all the live events and uh and theater and stuff like that that uh, i i enjoy doing okay what do you find most enjoyable about working in uh in live theater i guess it it, it's hard work it's long hours and for someone like me uh, i get addicted to only one thing at a time and if it's if it's hard work, I get addicted to hard work and I just like working all day, every day for as long as possible. Um, and it's, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. It's, is it the people or is it just the work? Is it the camera? Yeah. Well, with me doing the touring and stuff that I've done, uh, that, that in itself is obviously, you know, a, a giant draw, you know, we get to travel the world or around Australia and stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, the people are definitely a huge draw. Like you know, I I keep in touch with every people, all the people that I've met along the way, and you know, friends on Facebook and stuff, and see what they're up to, and um, yeah, and it's always it's always one of the things I look forward to the most when going to a new place is seeing these my old friends from previous years and stuff. Uh, but in terms of the actual work. I enjoy what I do a lot because for me, it's really satisfying. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but when I'm behind a camera uh, and I'm following an object or something on my, on my viewfinder or eyepiece thing, I, it sets off this thing in my brain. And like, if I'm tracking it perfectly, it's like I'm on, I'm on drugs or something. It's really hard. It's really weird and really hard to explain, but it's so satisfying. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really sure how to, else to describe it beyond that. But it's if I think I'm doing a really good job, I love is, it. Is it a bit of an, an adrenaline rush? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, adrenaline is definitely part of it, especially if the stakes are really high, like the stuff. I, I remember back to my very first uh, touring thing I did with the Illusionist Magic Show. Uh, the first time we went live the opening night of that show, I was so nervous. I was shaking and I was sweating. Um, I was that nervous because I was very new to the job. 
um, even though I was on this tour. But after a while, like after that show, it was just this massive rush. It was such a super high of being part of this something bigger than yourself, this, this you know, international uh, superstar show of magicians. Uh, it, it just is a great feeling to be a part of something bigger and contributing in your own way to uh, this sort of thing. Yeah, I can certainly relate to uh, sweaty palms on an opening night. Uh, I had exactly the same thing in Melbourne one, one show. Yes, yes, I'm sure. So that that's really cool. So camera operating, you've done. I know you've done a lot of front of house stuff. What's the, what's the difference between operating front of house and actually being on stage and running around with a camera? What what are the different skills that you need? I think honestly, they're both in their own right. They both take a decent amount of skill, and I don't think any. For me, at least, I don't see any as in particularly easier or harder than the other. Uh, but it depends, I guess, what you ultimately have to do in those roles. But if you're on stage, you've got to be able to. You've got to be very spatially aware, uh, which is something you don't have to obviously worry about too much when you're in front of house because you're a static camera, you're a long lens, so you're not moving. It's the awareness uh, of your space and the. Um, the choreography that you've got to keep in mind because when you're on that stage you're part of the the choreography of the whole act for at least for what what i do um and so you, you need to be careful that you're exiting the correct wing so you don't get run over by a prop or something like that so, so that sort of stuff's definitely is, it, it's a different it's a different ball game to compare to front of house but in terms of your, your normal camera standards which is your iris and your focus and stuff like that that's pretty much the same um but the only other thing i would say though is on the stage because you're moving so much your focal point's going to really change so that's something you're going to be changing those elements probably a lot more than you would from front of house just because of how close you are to objects and stuff yes that makes complete sense on these tours that uh, that you've been on and just doing stuff locally in your gig bag for operating cameras, what are what are your three top items that you take with you whenever you're operating a camera? Right, I would I generally take my monitor with me. It's just it's the Blackmagic Video Assist. That's that's assuming that the monitor with the camera isn't up to this my standard because I, I'm pretty picky about that stuff. I like to be as comfortable as possible, especially with these sort of shows because you're there for. You could be doing three shows a day, and the shows are two hours each, let's say. Uh, and so you're there all day long. You want to be as comfortable as possible. So I like to have my own monitor up to spec right in front of my face. Uh, so that's that's always in my bag. Camera cleaning kit, uh, lens cleaning kit, I should say, uh, which comes with my glasses as well. So I don't really need to carry it, but I do. That and, you know, electrical tape and my Leatherman and stuff like that. I keep that, my multi-tool, that is. Um because you never know when you're going to change base plates or you know take a camera off a tripod and you need that tool with you to 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 break the uh, the the base plate off the bottom. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not someone who generally has uh, a specific set of items, but those are pretty standard that I would carry with me um, whenever I go away. Yeah, fair enough. Sounds like a good uh, good standard to have. Pre-production, when you, f- you find out you're going on a tour, do you do any? pre-prep work working through a company that is doing these tours it's 
a little less brain power than it might be for someone else. If I was working on my own as a like a sole trader, let's say, I would have to think of uh, a lot of other sort of elements that I, I can sort of get away with not thinking about working for a company. And so in an in instance, for a recent tour that I did uh, to Saudi Arabia, there was some pre-production work for sure, uh, which included, involved figuring out what equipment we needed for sure. Like we, we were part of that process about uh, from basically from uh, day one when we found out to when we left, we were thinking about all the logistics of of lengths of cables we need to take and stuff. And then when it came to the day to actually pack everything, um, we were all there. We were making lists and we were really brainstorming about the different things that would need and would take redundancy items and, and all sorts of stuff like that. So that's generally pretty much the, the standard practice for us is to, to get all that stuff together. But in, in other terms, I, I like to look ahead to the place I'm going and obviously knowing the climate and stuff like that, that sort of stuff's important uh, for working conditions as well. Um, wearing, making sure you have shorts or whatever, all that sort of stuff. But uh, in terms of the actual work element, yeah, that's all we I tend to do. Yep. Uh, you've talked magic shows. So, do you look at YouTube clips of the illusionists or magicians uh, that are going just to see what what uh, camera angles or what their tricks are? Yeah, for sure. When when I first started, um, I I don't think I did. I was very new and I sort of played it by ear, just winged it a bit. Um, obviously, we have rehearsals and stuff to sort of negate that anyway. And um, for further along, these years went by, I would I would generally know all the performers that were coming. Every now and then we'd get, you know, the odd performer that I'm like, oh, I don't know who they are. I'm going to quickly look them up. And, of course, all my all the people I've met over the years, they're all friends with this guy that I've never met before. So there, I see him on Facebook all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, I recognize his face. But then, yeah, I'll jump on YouTube, check out some routines. I'll say, oh, yep, yep, that's pretty standard or, or something like that. Um, yeah, I do a little bit of research, but at the end of the day, it, I, I don't see it as a super important element because of all the dress rehearsals and stuff we get on the day when we're actually at the venue. And also, you know, it could be totally different. It is a good idea to to do a little bit of homework about who you're about to work with. I, I, I do agree with that. Okay, cool. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Tune in next week as we talk to a deputy stage manager. I'll try and tabulate it into songs or scenes. Deep Heat is always in my theatre kit. Make sure that all of that information is in my prompt book and then it gets extracted into plots. Already mentioned about getting into the space and that you've arrived at your destination and you start bumping. What, what do you do at bumping? What do we do at bumping? Um, some magic happens and uh, <laughs> the... the the show magically comes together in, in, in 24 hours. No, um, it's interesting. It's always different. There's always a different beast to, to tackle every time. But we, you know, just, we're running our cables. We're setting up our operate point. We're, we're doing all that stuff, setting up our cameras. We're checking signals and stuff like that, all the cameras and the video lines. There's always problems that come up that we can't prepare for. We hope for the best, but we, you know, anticipate the worst. So usually power or, or rigging is normally the problem for us, which is not our world to deal with, but it definitely affects us and how productive we can be during a bump-in, which, you know, it might end up being that we don't manage to 
do half the amount of work we we're hoping to do in a single day because of other elements interfering with 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 what we can actually do. So working with other departments and uh, making sure schedules are, are combining and working well together. Yes, yes, it's it's very important. Yeah, we've got to, everyone's got to work as a team, um, and then if that doesn't happen, it all it all falls apart. So yeah, you've mentioned test test cables and cable runs and that. You set your camera up at this point as well. What what do you play with on your camera to get it all set and focused and and ready to go for your first tech run? Well, if it's the front of house camera, uh, let's say so. That's obviously the furthest away one from the stage. Yep. Yeah, it would be, I check my back focus, which is very important. That basically means that when you're at, at as wide as possible on your lens, that everything remains in focus. So, and if it's not, if your back focus isn't set, uh, when you zoom in and out, you'll lose focus, which is not what you want, because there's lots of shots that I would do where I would be moving my camera in and out uh, during certain acts to to reveal another person walking into frame and then I'd push back in as they got closer together and stuff. And if my back focus isn't set, every time I zoom out, they're going to go a bit blurry and that's not what you want. So mm-hmm. elements like that. So I'll, I'll jump on the camera, I'll zoom into the stage, focus on something, zoom out, make sure it's still in focus. If it's not, I adjust the back focus, do that a couple of times until I think it's nice and good. Then I'll I'll set my white balance to a level that I think would match the show. It, it varies for show to show, but I can't you know necessarily do it at that point properly because you know the lights might not be running yet. We might not be in a proper run yet at all. So that's usually the last thing on my list to look at. But you know I make sure the height's right on the camera. So once again, then I'm I'm comfortable. Yeah. I'm you know I'm comfortable standing there for two hours. If there's a chair available. I might see if I can operate up sitting on a chair. I'm not a huge fan of that anyway, but you know, if it's there, it's there. So you know, I like to just to make it as, as I said, like comfortable as possible, and just go from that. Yeah, cool. And your monitor, whereabouts do you put that on the camera? Is it the same side as your the viewfinder on the camera, or is it at the front, at the back of the camera? Yeah, so I'd probably I'd rig that from the top with like a magic arm, and it would come down to the left side of the camera. So the same side that the, the viewfinder's on, but it's going to be further back towards the back. So I can stand a little bit further back and reach around underneath it, past it to the uh, the, the lens with my left hand. Uh, and then that, that I find that's the most ideal spot for me and my eyesight, where because I wear glasses, so I can struggle with some distance sometimes. So I like to be as close as I can to that monitor. The screen's parallel to the stage, so if I want, I can easily just look to the side or just over my monitor, whatever works, to see the action on stage if I need to pick up something else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. We we move on to tech run. Yes. Do you sit behind your camera the entire tech run? Tech runs can uh, can drag out for for long hours. They certainly can, and it's uh, it's definitely not the uh, the most fun part of the gig, but. <laughs> Admittedly, it's the easiest for us. Like the hardest thing is trying to stay awake because uh, we generally aren't used. Like uh, we don't have like one hundred percent uptime during those runs. Like say a lighting operator may or the director may because they're on stage or they're sitting at the front row. Yep. You know, organising the uh, the dancers and stuff. So for us, for me as a camera operator. Uh, I usually I'll get my shot. I'd, I'd leave it on there. I'd lock it off, and I'd, I might sit down, take a seat. You know, I need to conserve my energy as well. Um, there's no point in me burning myself out when I don't need to. Yeah, they need a reference of my shot on the screen, so you know the lighting can look good and stuff like that. So, 
you know, you're there the whole time. You're you're always in the venue. You're never you're never running off doing something else unless you have to. But for this, I'll always be sitting out there with my camera. All right. So you said about making up shots. Do you make up your own shots, or is someone guiding you, whether that be the director or somebody else, about what what kind of shots you need to pick up? For me, I as the years went by. I definitely just did my own thing. Yep. I didn't take direction from anybody. Obviously, I have the vision switcher in my ear. It was calling shots, uh, calling cameras, switching and stuff like that. The dynamic or the relationship in that environment, for us at least, because we've done it for so long, we all trust each other. And unless there's some something glaringly obviously wrong, usually I'm left to my own devices. So, and as well as, you know, I've done these performances a million times, so I will know exactly when to, as I said, come in and push in and move across and I'll follow the action appropriately. Every now and then the switcher might say, I think we need to focus on this person. So I'll think, okay, next time I'll make sure I stick with that person when they maybe separate or something like that on stage, if there's if there's a couple of them on that stage. Um, beyond that, you know, it's a bit of, it's, a, it's just teamwork. We're, we're all coming together and every now and then the, the director will maybe make a comment, you know, oh, I think it would be best if this person is in the shot or if we're not so close, especially the other camera on the stage. That one definitely gets further direction from other people outside sources than the one at front of house does. Um, Yes, yeah, because they're on stage, so they're working with the talent and the crew and everybody else. For sure. And they've got to be, there's a couple of acts you've got to be really careful when you're not, because you're on the stage, you're at different angles than the audiences, so, and magic is all about angles and stuff like that. So the camera could accidentally reveal something. So, you know, we, we, we don't want to ruin the magic, obviously. That's not what our jobs are there for. So We're there to enhance it, right? Of course, of course, yes, to make it even better. We're not quite at showtime yet. How do you remember what what's coming up next and what your what your next pickup is during a show? Well, I will often have a sheet out with me, a run sheet of the of the performances, and it will just say their names, the performers' names, and the the name of the act. But yep. maybe to begin with, I don't know a couple of them, and I'll forget. Uh, what does that even mean? But that's when the switcher completely comes in handy. They will have a proper uh, list, a description of, of what's of what's happening and what's going on, and they, they're in a bit more of an advantaged uh, position to quickly look at a piece of paper and, and call something out because they're not moving something. like They're not moving a camera, let's say. So, mm. Yep, they don't have their eyes fixed on the show following a, a person around. Yeah, so it's, it's a bit easier for them to, for me to ask, oh, uh, sorry, what's next? And they can say, oh, it's going to be, James Moore, and then we'll know. And I'm like, okay, that's right. And they might, and then they'll have the pickup cues as well, which would be, you know, downstage left. So I'll be okay, cool. Downstage left. So I'm there waiting in the dark, looking at the dark. They haven't taken me yet. Yeah. Then yeah, and that's how that works. Yeah, cool. If you like what you're listening to, check out my Facebook page, Unseen Theatrics, for more show notes and links sharing education of live theatre. Do you try and remember any of the, the, the settings on your camera? So, you know, ca- cameras have aperture and zoom and that. And a magic show, it's all about not revealing the magic. So the lighting can change quite drastically. For sure, for sure. I, It's funny, <laughs> I do sometimes, but 
I've, I've definitely know other people that are, are very anal about they will chase those numbers specifically. But for me, I do it a little bit, but it's really I'm I'm using my eyes for like 90, 98% of the time. I will, especially when, when it comes to the iris, it will be, I'll look at skin and stuff. And because we've got follow spots, they could be more intense than they're meant to be than they usually are or something like that. So that's going to affect my exposure anyway. So I'm always just chasing it off of the visual cues um, of the actual monitor and not necessarily the, the aperture numbers. Um, but when it comes to zooming, it's, it's a bit of the same. I The way I sort of see it, um, and harkening back to the, sort of the first question you asked about why I do it, uh, because I get a lot of pleasure out of it and a lot of it comes with the zooming and the framing of it because I'll use like a rule of thirds grid on my monitor and I will always remember like certain things in the frame will be at certain points on the lines and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. so I'll be following someone and then they'll walk up to their prop, let's say, and then immediately in that split second, I'll see that the leg of the prop is lined up with this line on my monitor and that means that the, that one up there should be lined up with that and it is and it's perfect. It's exactly how it was last show. And that's the sort of, that's the process I'm consistently thinking of while I'm going through the show. Um, and that gives me, you know, the best result and the most satisfaction. So yeah, I don't look at the zoom number. I pretty much never look at that. Okay. You mentioned framing. What framing makes a good shot? Depends who you ask, but um, it's, for what we do in live theatre, we, we do think it's, it's called IMAG, which stands for Image Magnification. And what that means is everything that we show is meant to be magnified. So if all our shots need to be bigger than they are to the audience, if they look at the stage. Yeah. So if we have a shot of, of someone standing up, it's a full body shot. We see them head to toe on those screens. They look at the screens and they look at the stage and they're the same size. We're not doing a drop right. There's no point. So we generally need to be tighter than that. That's how. That's the whole reason we're there, especially this on-stage camera, because that's showing magic close-up, uh, card magic and stuff like that. So when it comes to front of house framing, the whole rule of like cinema and stuff, I, I think you should throw that out the window. The the I, I did I did just mention the rule of thirds, but. In regards to the the rule of thirds and the golden circle, I believe it's called, all that sort of cinematography ideas and stuff, disregard them because that's not what we're there for. If we're framing someone up, they need to be smack bang, dead center on your frame if you're tracking them. Never yep. never slightly to the right. Even if they're looking across your camera, it might, you might think it looks pretty, but honestly, I believe on those screens and under that circumstance, it doesn't work. Always center center your shots um, to the action and then just just follow it that way. That, that's what I believe. Okay, that's some uh, pretty sound advice there. So we've done tech run. Uh, what Does anything much change during dress run? Uh, for us, well, we get to properly see the show. <laughs> that's the benefit. I guess there's, there's a difference between tech run and like the lighting plotting as well. The lighting plotting is when we don't do much. Tech run, we yep. do, do a bit of work. I uh, should have clarified that earlier. But uh, dress run... Yeah, we're for sure, we're following everything because it's really good for us because we can see the intensity of light on costumes uh, and makeup because prior to the dress run, they're on stage, they might be wearing a bloody white shirt and makeup, uh, no makeup, I should say. And, you know, the light's hitting them, they're glowing because they've got 
they're, they're a pale dude with no makeup on and they're wearing a white shirt. So stuff like that. It's like, oh, you know, that's they're overexposing my camera. I've got to iris down for that. But then when we actually get to the dress run, we see what they really look like on that stage and it, it helps us tenfold. It's probably also the most smoothest run we do before the show actually goes live. So it's very important for us, especially the the second camera on stage's movements. That's where it really helps. Yes, and probably timings as well to make sure that yes. they can get from one point to another or out the front or out, you know, anywhere on stage. Absolutely. All right. We'll move into sort of a, a show day. We've done dress and the show's running pretty smooth. How early do you arrive at the venue? Uh, let's say it's a it's an opening night, which is pretty normal, which would be you know let's say five o'clock. Uh, we'd still get there, at, would still get up for nine o'clock or something like that in the morning because that whole day is going to be full of rehearsals still. Okay. Yeah, it's like another day. It's a very long day. That's probably one of the longest days we would have in a while because it's it's super. It's an early start. The field with running the show, hopefully over and over again. But really, we. We generally only get to the show about three quarters of the way before we run out of time. So you know, it's, it's, it depends on on uh, quite a lot of elements. But that's I think that's the ideal situation is it's do a complete run before before show time. Yep. And then moving on in the season, do you get there there later, like two or three hours before the show? Yeah, for sure. As we go on the um, the, the call times, will as long as everything's nice and smooth and there's nothing to fix up. Yeah. We'll get there two hours before the show or whatever stage management wants out of us. Uh, it's, it's up to them, really. Cool. At that point, we're in a good spot, so there's no need for us to come in any earlier. Cool. So what, what do you do in those two hours? Any checks that you do before a show? Yeah, for sure. We turn everything on, make sure everything's running, signals. Yep, we see. make sure that we can see all the cameras. If not, you know, we need to make sure the camera's actually on. Uh, stuff like that that's our time to basically troubleshoot any problems that have come up since we were there last um hopefully i mean all things being good everything's fine and then chuck it all on and then we've got you know an hour and a half to kill we just sit back and relax and you know we chat amongst ourselves have a good time but we're there a couple of hours earlier just to make sure just in case anything goes wrong cool you've you've just literally just mentioned if anything goes wrong so what do you do if something does go wrong whether that be uh during the show or well the yeah i guess it, it really that depends on, on what the issue is if if something goes wrong during the show uh if it's if it's show stop worthy then obviously that's a show stop but if it's if it's if it's something going wrong for me personally at my camera position i will have to fix it on the fly let's say i've lost They've lost my signal, and there's no, yeah, they don't see my camera suddenly. So, in a bit of a panicked moment, I've got to solve that problem by maybe checking another SDI line, so another video signal line, by you know taking the one out that we have been using and putting in hopefully a redundancy that we have up there with us, or maybe trying another line that's plugged into something else up there to see if that works. So. Little quick fixes like that, and just hope that's all the problem is. Uh, even restarting the camera, that may even just solve the problem. There might be just a, a gremlin or something that causes some sort of signal loss, but it's always going to be different. The good old turn it off and turn it back on trick. Indeed. Thank you, IT crowd. Awesome. We, we talked about on stage a little bit while ago. You're not quartered on stage, you're wireless. So, do you have any issues with the wireless signal? Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
one of the main problems with our Wi-Fi our wireless signal is gets interfered with by mobile phones. Basically, it runs the same frequency as Wi-Fi, so it's five it's five gigahertz. And basically, what that means is if we were to we could have a very clean dress rehearsal, uh, no issues with signal dropout whatsoever. Oh, great! It's all good, all good. But then the second the show, the actual show starts, lots of people come in. They pull out their phones. They're connecting to the free Wi-Fi that's in the venue. They're loving it. Oh, free Wi-Fi! Great. Meanwhile, we're hating it. We're sitting back there, and suddenly the camera is absolutely pooping itself because there's all these signals in the air that's interfering with it. And we're thinking, oh no, we're not going to have a camera. So. It's definitely a problem that we've come across uh, that hasn't completely ruined shows for us, that's for sure. But it, it de- definitely gets a bit dicey and it, it definitely makes you break a bit of a sweat, especially when, you know, you're about 30 seconds from a, from a queue and the camera might completely drop out or something like that. Yes, make the heart beat that extra beat. For sure. Comms, we mentioned comms earlier, communication between you and Switcher and that. What uh, is there much communication over, over comms during, during a show? Communication, yeah, for sure. Again, back and forward about asking, oh, what's next? But as you get more comfortable, you don't really, you end up remembering everything. But this is one of my my favourite parts about this, these gigs is is the banter on comps. That's that that's what really that's what really keeps you sane in those long, long days and the, the three show days. It's but uh, you just talk trash on on comps, so that's that's my favorite thing it's my favorite part pastime and uh, i think i think others enjoy it too maybe maybe i enjoy it more than they do but i like the sound of my own voice clearly you uh, certainly provide some entertainment seb <laughs> thank you i hope you're enjoying today's episode and if you are spread the word let everyone know about unseen theatrics sharing education of live theater so the, sh- the show's gone off without a hitch is there any post-show duties uh, that you need to carry out? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, it's obviously like powering down, uh, making sure if we're recording it, let's say we're doing the correct doing the correct data wrangling for that record. Um, if it's data dumping it onto a hard drive or, you know, leaving it for the next day, I don't know. But making sure everything is shut down, that we need to shut down appropriately. And uh, if, there, if there was any problems during the show, whether it be with one of our operators, we might have a bit of a powwow and just say, this didn't work, let's try this tomorrow, or, you know, oh, I need you to be quiet in this part, Seb, you're talking too much, you know, sort of things like that, you know, that's that's the, that's the time to, to debrief quickly before, as we're packing down to, well, not packing down, as we're, as we're shutting down before we, we head back to the hotel. It's generally a very quick sort of show finishes, turn off and, and leave. Everyone likes a quick get out, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The best. <laughs> Speaking of get out, finish the show run, finish the season, and then there's bump out. What do you do? Yes. Yes, the worst part of a gig, uh, the, the the thing I don't look forward to um, for multiple reasons, but I guess mainly because it means it's over. Yeah. Well, it might not be. We might be going to another venue, but, you know, it, it means it's over and it's sad in a sense, but the work itself's fine. I, I actually enjoy bumping out the actual physical side of it uh, because it's generally it's a lot easier than bumping it in, a lot quicker rather. It's a bit of a bit of a run around. People, there's suddenly thousands of people on the stage, shedding everything off that stage. You, you can't shut your eyes for two seconds because someone's going to like run into you, or something. You're going to run into someone, or something like that. So it's it's very hectic and lots of stuff going on. But for us, it's pretty straightforward. It's pack down cameras, pack down op point, return anything that we're using cross department, a loom from lighting or something like that. You know, who knows? But 
make sure everything goes back in the right spot, everything goes back in the right cases that we've, that they came in, I should say. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward generally. There's no real massive hiccups, but again, there might be a couple of elements that you have to wait on other departments for, whether it be something in the in the grid above the stage, like it's a let's say we have a camera. We've done a couple of shows where there's a camera up above and we've got to wait until that camera can come down. So you're sort of maybe you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Maybe you give someone else a hand across department and it's kind of bittersweet uh, bump outs for me personally. Okay. So bump outs that generally don't take what, you know, that long. So what, five, six hours maybe? Uh, yeah, it could be even less than that. Sometimes we're the first to leave our department. Um, but yeah, a couple of hours for sure, three, four hours, and then that's it really. Sometimes people will be there till seven o'clock in the next morning. So we, we definitely have it have it good on these tours for sure. Cool. Just a few more questions to yes. to wrap up. What do you find most challenging about the job? Uh, most challenging? So I guess as a front of house camera operator, uh, not having really sore feet at the end of three show days because you're standing there for three shows, um, not being able to move. Um, you're really sore feet. Uh, but I guess the alternate to that, if you're the other camera operator, is you get really sore, sore arms and shoulders from carrying a camera. So it's the physical element. That's definitely the hardest part. Um, but beyond that, for me personally, I love everything. I love it. I love the ho- staying in hotels. I love the time away from home. It's I got you know no commitments back here really, so it's it's great for me. Touring okay. is, is fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We've we've touched on some terminology in in camera world. Are there any other terms that people should be aware of? Oh, other terminology. There's lots, man. You know, if if you want to work in this industry, you're going to be picking up a, a a lot of um. You need to pick up a lot of phrases, or you'll get completely lost. Yeah, yeah. I hear terms like uh like button on or uh, ISO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Buttoning on, you know, that would mean recording uh pressing record iso means isolated recording so if you're recording something if it's an iso record it's recording it onto that camera let's say um only it's not going anywhere else um and yeah stuff like that that's important to know all right any tips or tricks you could pass on tips or tricks if you want to if you want to get into this industry and do what i do as a camera operator just be prepared for long hours. Don't go into it thinking it's as easy as you might. You might, you might not think it's easy, but just it's the long hours that kill you at the end of it. Um, and it just sort of just keep that mentality that it, it's not – so it doesn't take you by surprise um, because operating camera can be hard work physically. To, uh, some, some people might not think that's the case, especially like front of house. I mean, but it it is. It's, it 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 can be physical because you are stuck in this position for so long. So just just keep that in mind. Maybe you might even have might even want to do some stretches and stuff like that, especially arm stretches because you can get a sore arm from having one arm up on the lens. It might sound silly to some people, but it is true. Six hours with an arm up is definitely uh, definitely hard work. Yeah, for sure. And as time goes on, you definitely get better at it. Like it, it gets less worse, but might probably be, you, you build up that endurance. For me, you know, it's it's less of a problem now. But for, at the start, for sure, I, I never, I didn't think about it. 
as much. And as I was saying earlier about setting up your camera as comfortable as possible, that is the most important thing to do because it's how you're living for the next however long that show runs for or whatever it is. Like even if it's just a once-off conference, say here, like in your hometown and you're the camera operator, set that camera up so it's comfortable for you. So you don't have to hold your breath when you're trying to hold a shot steady. Make sure it's ba- like so it's balanced properly and stuff like that. Just focus a good amount of time on getting that right. But, you know, that, that's definitely the most important. It, it can also be mentally draining as well because you, you have to focus on what's going on on stage, following the people, because if you don't, you're not following the person and keeping them in frame. You're not doing your job. No, for sure. Um, and that's the other thing is, um, I find at least personally, in low-lit theatre environments, staring at a screen operating a camera, I get very drowsy. And I think it's I think what it is, it's it's that low light element. Uh even though I've got a bright screen in my face. But I can get very drowsy. So uh keeping focus is that's very important. Like mentally focus is very important. And drinking water, it might sound very cliche, but <laughs> I found it very important to to keep myself awake because like if if I wasn't careful, you know, you could fall asleep at a camera. So, or maybe not fall asleep, but you 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 will end up in this in this lapse of judgment where you've sort of vagued out, and suddenly they've walked out of your frame, but you've not realised it, even though you're staring at your screen, you've not realised it. So, stuff like that is is very important. Yeah, nice. Any 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 other tips or tricks relating to the camera? Just practice whenever you can. If it's like. If you if you're doing these tech runs and stuff where you're not really having to do anything, when I first started, I was always moving it around and and getting it comfortable. Not well, I keep saying comfortable, but getting you're getting you're getting comfortable with the camera that you're operating. Yes, as opposed to comfortable operating it. But uh, yeah, that's that's really it. I think for me, uh, in regards to anything I could bestow upon those who are listening. Look, practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. Practice when you can. Yeah. Awesome, Seth. So any any other final words that uh, you want to put out there? Oh, no, I think I just want to say thank you for um, having me on your uh, your podcast here, Clinton. It's been, uh, it's been a, a pleasure talking to you this evening. It has been good fun, yes. Thanks, Seb, for, uh, for joining us on Unseen Theatrics podcast. Thank you. 